channel. So that way. Okay, that's a little extra. Were you expecting anything else from me? <laughs> that's a little extra. <laughs> I take things to the logical level and then about three more steps. So, all that's right. my, my MO. All right. I'm Why do you him. think we have arms right now as we're recording? Yeah, I was noticing the arm. Where did you get the arms? Oh, I bought them. Oh, they didn't, we didn't have arms? No, we did not have arms. All but right. this way, whenever... These are the ones with the isolating little things in the center, so the, the vibration isolation. We have used these all the time. These are, are the same things that we've used every single time. It's just the oh, arm Oh, yeah, I guess interface. they always did have that, didn't they? Yeah. But now whenever you want to like take a lean back, like you can bring the mic with you. So you're saying not loud enough? Uh, you are always loud enough. That's never the problem. It's whenever you lean back and then you're like, and then I've talked about this and that and this. And, you know, you kind of wander like I was just like, OK, if I gave you a little bit more flexibility. It's only assuming that I'm actually going to remember to do that. Though. Well, I'm hoping that having something to fidget with might encourage it. So we'll see. All right. We'll see how this we'll goes. We'll see how it goes. Speaking of seeing how things go. Hello and welcome to Red Raccoon Radio. You're. Source for tabletop news in Bloomington, Illinois, and beyond. I'm one of your hosts, John, and with me today is... Jamie! And I know that for some of you, you might have come in thinking, okay, this is going to be the Ben episode, because I very clearly put it in the uh, Discord, this is going to be the Ben episode, send me questions for Ben, because Ben's coming. Ben, obviously, being the creator of so many great games uh, that we are so anxious to talk to him about. Turns out I was wrong in my scheduling. And Ben's he, next week. Ben's next week. So we might even have like a special episode just for Ben that's like yeah. out of context. The 28th. Yes. So luckily, though, we have Jamie, who we're always excited to have on. However, Jamie is coming to us with all sorts of Gen Con knowledge. He was there. And then he went to Disney. So whatever shook out of his head at Disney probably wasn't important. The stuff that he's now still has in his brain, that is the stuff that we are going to mainly focus on today. But of course, Jamie, I do have to ask our always starting question. How was the store this week? Uh, it was good. We had a good week. It was uh, it was really nice that Bloomington Normal cooled off a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had it was kind of brutal for most of July with the temperatures. And then, um, you know, we had uh, an entire, what, 10, 10 days where the 12 days where the high was like 75 degrees. And at night it was like 60, 62 degrees and then yeah. cooled off every night. That was nice. <laughs> that was real nice. Just a little hint of fall. Yeah, that we're getting hint. closer to that edge. But and then Mother Nature for this upcoming week said, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." We're <laughs> I got not some more. done. I got some more. We're not done. Yeah, the heat index stuff is popping up on my phone for this upcoming week. Yeah, it's supposed to be nasty again, and then cool down again. So. Yeah. Well, while we were in um, while we were in Disney, John said I went from uh, Gen Con pretty much straight to Disney. Florida set a new record for heat while we were there. Because I told Kelly, I'm like, I just feel like I'm, like I'm baking, and and it turns out, well, because I was, because yeah. I was baking, um, I I walk it all over the place. I think between Gen Con and um, Disney, my phone said that I walked 23 miles in Gosh. in 10 days, and uh, I do I did that a lot when I was in basic training when I was in the army and stuff. Let's just say the 50-year-old Jamie is not as used to doing that <laughs> as 23-year-old Jamie was. So, um, and I, so I got a blister. Go to they they got uh you know the first aid stations in Disney and stuff. And of course Kelly gets chatty with the the nurses working the first aid stations. And yeah, 127 degree heat index. Good lord, forget the sunscreen. Just get some of that rotisserie seasoning from Spice Works and just rub that on you, because you're a cooked chicken at that point. Well, we we spent people like you know everybody. I usually go to Florida and get sunburned every time, mm-hmm. and we spent so much time scurrying from air conditioned ride to air conditioned ride, or if we couldn't get on a ride immediately, we'd we'd go and watch one of the theater vignettes or something. To just be in the air. And I think everybody else was too. Because I've never been to Disney where all the little theater vignettes were also packed. Hmm. I think everybody was like, whatever we can do to get back inside and out of the heat until the next time our rides line up. So, But Gen Con was fun. Gen Con was crazy. Um, you know, but the stores, the stores, nice, calm week. We're getting new product. We're Now we're about a week and a half after Gen Con and we're starting to see... 
releases from the companies. They took a bunch of product to Gen Con, they sold what they could sell at Gen Con, and now they're sending it out to stores. Yeah. And so sitting on the table in front of us is Wild Tiled West. I'll talk to the, about that a little bit later. Uh, it showed up yesterday, and I went to play games with uh, Chris James, who used to work here at the store. We were playing games with Chris and some other folks last night, and so I took this list, and we got a chance to play it. I'll talk about that when we get to our uh, What Have You Been Playing recently section. Perfect. Well, I mean, honestly, let's go into it. What have you been playing? What's been on your table? Well, I played recently Wild Town West, which is a brand new game from um, uh, Direwolf. Direwolf are the same guys that make Clank. And they make Dune Imperium, which are both favorite games of mine. I really enjoy Clank, the, all the Clank series and the Dune Imperium game. You spoke so much about Catacombs, the newest one that had just come out. I remember you just raving yeah, about so that. So good, so good. So this, and, but this is a completely different approach to a game from them because Clank and um, Dune Imperium both use a deck builder mechanic, and they're. The, the only cards that are in Wild Tiled West are used as random private bonuses that you could get. They have nothing to do with the actual gameplay itself other than um, here's some bonuses that you might have at the end of the game to help steer how you, you build your tiles. So Wild Tiled West is a polyomino game where you're, you're using a pretty cool mechanism to draft tiles and then when you draft these various size shapes, each person has their own player board, and you're putting them on your player board. Um, you're we're in the old west, and so we're trying to fill up and build out cover cities. Um, we're trying to cover. You can cover pickaxes, which increase your income level. You can find gold. You can get bullets. You can create pastures for um, cows, and the more cows you get in a, a pasture. Um, you can score different bonuses for, for cows and stuff with it. And then, um, yeah, there's a bunch of different ways that everything goes together. So it's a little bit point salad with all the possible ways you can score. But it has a really unique drafting system that involves rolling dice. And then after you roll the dice, the dice fit into either columns or rows. And when you're drafting the pieces you're going to use, you can only draft from the column or row that now has a die, a die in it. Interesting. So there's a D20s you roll, and there's, so there's 20 um, rows and that are possible to draft out of for the D20s. And then there's uh, D8s in the box, and there's eight columns as well. And you can only draft out of one of those columns. And uh, let's say, for instance, we roll a D20, and it's a five. Um, if I choose to take the tile from that five row, I pick up that D20, and now... Nobody else for this round of draft can take anything out of the five row because fives have already been used. Interesting. Yeah, so a little bit like in King Domino, when you draft something, you're drafting it to the point where other people can't have it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, same thing there, but we're we're it's I, I feel like it's a little bit Baron Park. You, have you played Baron Park? Yeah. Where you're covering up the pieces and you're trying to make different animal pens and stuff like that um, in order to make different features of the park fully functional. You score points if you cover up certain things. It's a little bit like that, but with this really cool drafting mechanism to get the parts. That is interesting. Yeah, we enjoyed it. We had a good time with it. It was uh, three guys that tend to play fairly crunchy games, and uh, everybody had a good time with it. And I just leaned back away from your fancy new arms and did not move the arm with me. I, here I am, trying to upgrade our podcasting procedures, trying to make this as much as a professional organization as possible. I'll admit it. Basically, so that when Ben comes in, we can impress him. That's all this is for, really. Because uh, I just can't wait to see him and say, thank you so much for making a game that allows me to frustrate Jamie because he beats me at every other game we play except this one. Um, so, yes, that is fine. We are still learning. Um, but, no, this has been – it looks fantastic. It's on the new hotness right now. People are going to be able to come in and see that. And, of course, we'll talk more about the new hotness later on. Really cool production value to it as well. Really? Yeah. It's um, the boards. It's got a, 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 a organizer tray in there that everything goes back into the correct slots. The boards that are you draft the tiles out of are um, – they're not even double thickness. They're probably like quad thickness. Really? Because there's multiple tiles that go in each section. Once you're done, you put everything back in the box and you put the lid on it. And then it's already pre-set up for the next game where you just pull it out, set it on the table, and you're ready to play. 
Ooh, so it's, nice, like it's that. nice that you don't have to sit and um, you know take apart 15 different bags and open things out and make piles of everything. That was always one of the things that slowed me down because I really like Castles of Kin Ludwig. Mm-hmm. And it always takes a long time to get all the pieces organized. This one you put them all back in the nice organizer when you're done and they're ready to go at the next game. Speaking of organization, uh, I think this might be a really fun way to segue into your Gen Con talk because we're okay. going to talk about a lot of board games. but. Yeah. Uh, yesterday we talked about the podcast. I said, Hey, do I even need to come up with articles? You're like, no, we can just talk about Gen Con the whole entire time. I'll send you some photos this morning. I I get done and I pick up my phone and sure enough, I have a ton of photos from you. And surprisingly, some of them were like painting and organizational stuff. Yeah. So what, what did you see there that made you like it popped out to you so much you felt the need to, to take some pictures of it? Because normally when we talk Gen Con, it's all about the board games, but it looks like you saw some cool stuff there. Uh, yeah, so a, a good chunk. So everybody knows that I'm a Dungeons and Dragons and board game kind of guy, right? What? Yeah, and was shocked. Shocked. Uh, but that, you know, the store is far more than that. So I'm not just shopping for me when I'm mm-hmm. there, when I'm trying to find stuff. I'm looking for things that might make our lives easier, that might make people with other hobbies than mine also have some um, some interesting things to look forward to as well. And one of the companies that I looked at was, um, it's a company called... Uh, Exemplar? Oh, what's the name of them? No, Exemplar is the name of the product you're looking at. Okay. Um, Game Envy. Oh, okay. Yeah, Game Envy. And Game Envy makes a bunch of painting supplies that Jessica, who is our kind of chief painter at the store, she does all our painting classes, that Jessica has really been loving. And so I got information for them. So we're going to bring a bunch of that stuff in as well. They make um, really cool paint handles that she uses all the time, as well as a collapsible paint cup so that you can easily stow it and travel with it or only unfold it to the depth for the amount of liquid you want to be in the paint cup. And then that exemplar you're looking at, that's a wet palette. Oh. So that's the name of their wet palette is exemplar. And um, it's all plastic. It's all super lightweight. I know some people don't like lightweight stuff, but this is all designed to be able to fold down and lock into place in case you're traveling with it. So maybe you're coming to learn how to paint at Red Raccoon Games or you're, you know, we had a bunch of guys who came in and fixed all of our terrain. They, they, they spent some time sitting down and fixing all the terrain because some of it got kind of beat up. Yeah, give it a little uh, TLC. You know, and wherever you might be traveling with your painting supplies, this would make it a lot easier to take things with you. And I'll say that even the collapsible cup, looking at it, there is a textured bottom to give that kind of cleaning effect that you want whenever you're dipping it down in and getting all that paint out. I do want to say, first of all, Jessica's amazing. And I just learned in our staff meeting today, she got married at the old Red Raccoon location in the basement. Oh, you didn't know that? I had no idea. Uh, (laughs) Jessica used a level up party and got married in the basement. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, her um, and Michael are uh, they're big. They they got did it on a Sunday right before Age of Sigmar because they are <laughs> they were both playing in Age of Sigmar that day. I think. Of course, just work it in with the timing. Uh, hopefully, they'll be able to renew their vow someday in the basement that you have at the new store. But I will say, if you are in any way, shape, or form interested in learning how to paint minis, first of all, it's a completely cathartic lovely like meditation almost uh, hobby to get into because trying to get into those little places and trying to be very delicate in how you paint I feel like really zones you in but I understand the hurdle of learning how to do it can be kind of high and plus it can also be kind of a lonely experience I would highly suggest coming to the painting classes. This is the way I learned how to paint minis. I actually signed up I didn't sign up I just came to one of the painting classes here at uh, Red Raccoon. I got to sit with a bunch of people. I just got to talk while I was painting and seeing this type of lightweight stuff that I could. I was using a bottle. What's the name of that drink? It's like Soma, I think. It had the lizard on it. Yeah. Yeah. I used a bottle like that and I put my paintbrushes Soba. in there. Soba. There we go. And then I like filled it with water when I got here. And then that's what I was using to like dip and contain. It was just a complete mess. I was trying to like hack it together. Well, and a lot of people just use a coffee mug. Yeah, There's exactly. Nothing wrong with a coffee mug. 
Sure. This is just a little more portable and a little easier to use, a little lightweight. Exactly. And making it go into other people's houses, especially if you're doing parallel play with somebody that like, hey, let's watch a TV show. But my, you know, if you have ADHD or something else that it pulls your attention and you like doing two things or three things at once. ADHD, what's that? It's this really amazing superpower. <laughs> Simon Sinek talks about it a lot. We'll talk about it in another podcast. But, uh, no, it's it's a fantastic way to be like, hey, I want to come over so we can watch TV. But do you mind if I do some painting while I'm there? And just having collapsible, clean-looking stuff like this is really going to be helpful for that. So, highly recommend what i'm seeing right here yeah well and one of the other accessories that i saw that was there that i thought was super cool because there was a lot of other stuff there's there's plenty of people that are um they've got brushes um i think we're going to bring in brushes from lethal shadows where they go the exact opposite way you know one we we've got brushes from army painter and from citadel and i brought in paid brushes from um ghost brushes from they're called ghost tinies and they're like short haft instead of a full length, maybe call it a six inch or an eight inch um, handle on the brush. A lot of these are four inches long on the ghost tiny brushes. And they're also synthetic, which makes them very inexpensive. Lethal Shadows uh, brushes are aircraft grade aluminum handles. They're, you buy one handle that is amazing, that has got a really great heft and feel to it. And then they have interchangeable brushes brush heads on them as well so like in a really nice pen where you unscrew the tip and you can change out the inks that are in it and oh, the, the, the cartridges that are in it that's cool this is you unscrew the head and you can change out the, the the brush head that's in there they have everyone everywhere from the ultra fine like double zero size all the way up to like size four five and six brush heads you can put in there so they went the like i said the opposite direction from I want something, something super cheap, super affordable, almost disposable to say, I want a paint handle that is all, that's super heavy, super dense, makes this, this really comfortable feeling and it almost feels like a, it's like a premium platform or an heirloom type experience. And so they've, so Lethal Shadows has gone the other direction. So I think we're going to bring in brushes from them as well as a bunch of their blind box minis, just to add to our, our blind box minis collection. The other super cool accessory I saw, well, one, Battletech was everywhere at Gen Con. You had sent me a photo of a fully inflatable Battletech robot just out in the front of... Yeah, that uh, thing had to be at least 20 foot tall, maybe 25 foot tall, like a full mech standing out there. And it looks good. It looks good. I, that, I bet you that was expensive. It had to have been. That's a custom job right there. Yeah. There's texturing to it. Yeah. It, no, it looks really good. Even different colored panels on it to kind of give it some depth and feel and some, some mobility to it. Battletech was everywhere. Battletech was huge oh, this time out. And sorry, we just had a temporary interruption for yep. our group. Hey, Robert, you're in that room over there. That one. <laughs> in case you didn't know, our new secret location is the private rooms here at Red Raccoon Games, thankfully. And so uh, occasionally people will pop in, possibly. So that was a weird guest appearance that we just saw. Uh, Jamie is making sure that the doors are shut. Perfect. Beautiful. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Battletech's everywhere. Um, and which, which makes sense, since the Battletech groups here at the store are growing as well. Uh, this company called Terragons, they just had a Kickstarter. They had demo product at the table. They're trying to figure out, they're fulfilling their Kickstarter right now. It's magnetic hexes so that you can get different colored hexes. Yeah, yeah. And you can, um, you can assemble depth and height of terrain, um, different colors. So make maybe, okay, the blues are obviously waters or whatever they want to be, but they had different colored hexes that were held together by, there's a magnet on each side. So they they snapped together almost with the magnets. They were really cool. I talked to them for a while. They're trying to figure out how to get, um, this is their first print run ever. They're trying to figure out how to get additional heights to the hexes as well. So you can simulate cliffs or hills or something easier. And then they're trying to figure out retail packaging. So I talked to them like, well, what I want to see the packaging look like. The, what, your dream come true of being able to talk to somebody about proper packaging. <laughs> well, I, I've done it for so many Kickstarters at this point. 
Um, I, I've talked to people like, what does a retailer want? I'm like, well, this is what I would want to see, including for these guys. I'd like, man, these are so awesome. There's got to be a clear window or something to see these things. Yes. Yeah. We want to see what they look like, right? So that was a cool product that was there. And then also going with Battletech, Gale Force 9 is there, and they've got some new, I don't I think I sent you a picture of it, John, but we actually just got some into the store. They're, um, they're buildings. They're buildings built, uh, hex-shaped buildings. They're, I think they're called hex builds or something like that. We got a few of them in the store um, just this, this week, and they're buildings to use for Battletech. They're on scale with Battletech. They use the hex shape so you can jump and land on the top of the buildings different types of styles of buildings and stuff too. So Battletech was everywhere. I have worked, uh, I worked a shift yesterday and I got to see those. And at first I, I couldn't identify what they were. They looked so nice, but they were all, you know, kind of in a flat packaging, but yeah, it, they look amazing and highly detailed. I'm okay. That's awesome. Yeah. I really like that. Uh, of course, you know, change, changing away from accessories a little bit. Lorcano was there. Oh, what's that game? <laughs> Um, I think we talked about it once or twice. Yeah. Uh, No. And we talked about it on the last podcast. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to it yet, Jamie. But obviously, did you see any of the the rigmarole, all of the drama that was going on with the lines and all of that? Have you heard any of that? There was more drama in the media than there was with the people who were at Gen Con. Interesting. It was the media was making a bigger deal of it than the people who were actually at Gen Con. There was, don't get me wrong, there were some upset people at Gen Con, right? Because there was, uh, some people were told to stand in line over here. Other people said no lines are not allowed. So a couple people got to Gen Con like 2.30 in the morning and got in line. And other people just walked up at like, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock. It's like, I'm not standing in line. Gen Con doesn't do lines. And... And they're right, on opening day, Gen Con has never done lines for opening day on Thursday. However, Gen Con added lines for the rest of the weekend. Mm. Uh, so there was some, there was a few people with some hurt feelings. Um, the crowd was kind of crazy, right? I was actually down there in the crowd. I like to go down and stand in the crowd for the opening day of the, the exhibit hall. Because it's a really cool, extensive camaraderie and experience. I had great conversations. I went, I got down there maybe an hour and 15 minutes early for the 1030 opening. And it was just this really cool experience of just hanging out. Like, what are you interested in? What are you talking about? What are you going to be doing while you're here? And everybody had different stuff. And there were people for Gen Con, for Lorcana. There were other people looking for others, some of the other big games. Like, one lady was like, I'm going straight for Queens by Midnight because uh, Darrington Press said they only have a limited run. Critical Role's new board game that you have a got sample demo, copy of. we got an early copy of it. It's on the table upstairs right now. Um, people were telling me about games I didn't even know what they were. And so I went and looked for them. And there are some of the ones that are in our list, like Sky Team. I didn't even heard of Sky Team. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that. But okay. there was a rush on Thursday morning where everybody headed straight for the Lorcana booth. And the Lorcana people at the booth, I don't think were ready. I do feel like that they they loved being the topic of the entire Gen Con. They loved the buzz that they got from that because you know we've all heard that no uh, uh, in bad bad media bad PR is still PR, right? Exactly. Yes. Um, I think that they like the buzz, but um, most of the vendors that I talked to had an amazing Thursday at Gen Con. Most of my friends that run booths and stuff like that, they had an amazing Thursday because attendance was back. This is the best attendance we've had since pre-COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Attendance was back. They had amazing Thursdays. Gen Con sold out of, of four-day badges and Saturday badges early on Thursday. And as long as your booth wasn't located near Lorcana, you had a great time. The booths that were located near the Robinsburg or Lorcana booth, those people were unhappy, and I think that they maybe had a grumble. Um, and was that just because if anyone was in that area, it was for Lorcana, and everybody else was just trying to stay away from it out of the madness? Yeah, because I, I I was in I was in the room in the vendor hall probably within the first ninety seconds of the doors being opened. And I looked off to my right where all this, and I just saw this wave of humanity headed towards that booth. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And I went and looked at some other stuff. Yeah. Mid smart. <laughs> I wasn't doing it. And then they did have lines for the rest of um, the rest of the time. But there have been lines for so many hot new releases over the years. 
that this having a line to get access to product is nothing new. You know, Fantasy Flight had lines for years and years and years when they had big releases. Paizo had lines when Pathfinder 2 came out. Yeah, it was uh, at Starfinder that Con, came yeah. out. You know, their lines are not unusual to cons, right? Uh, you go to any con, you're going to stand in the line for something. Yeah. And so this was probably one of the bigger lines I've seen in a while, but it is nothing new to go to Gen Con and have to stand in line to get access to product and hope that there's still some left by the time you get the front. Was there anything that you saw that you stood in line for just to get a look at or? I, I bought one thing. Okay. I bought Vendetta Fury Road Maximum Carnage for myself. I remember you felt like you'd missed out on that. Yeah. So so this is a, we had it in the store, what, uh, two months ago? Mm-hmm. Two and a half months ago. And it's a Vendetta Fury Road is an old game, from Restoration Games, and they make, they're, they're the guys that brought Dark Tower back. They're the ones that brought uh, fi- uh, Fireball Island back. Downforce. Down, a lot of older games. They're yep. recrafting them for modern board game sensibilities. And... We got the Maximum Carnage versions in, which was the crazy Kickstarter versions with all the add-ons and everything in there. And we got them on like a Thursday. And I came in on Friday. I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I might have to get myself one of these, right? Poof. Gone. Somebody found out we had them and posted on a BGG forum, and they all sold overnight. And we were like, oh. And so I didn't get a copy of the game. So I bought myself <laughs> one game. I stood in line for... Uh, probably a half an hour. Restoration had a small stack of them, and when I realized what they had a stack, I just put it in one of my giant claws and got in line and stood there with everybody else. And I, that's the that was my one purchase for Gen Con this year. Look at you, self control. And then you went to Disney afterwards. <laughs> well, and I did pretty good at Disney. I did. I, I, let's be honest. I bought myself a lightsaber. Of course, I, I went and made a lightsaber. Uh, that was my one. I got a lightsaber and I got a Chewbacca 100th anniversary of Disney pin. And I think those are the only two things I bought for myself at Disney. Worthy purchases. But let's get back to Gen Con because that's what you know people are here for the podcast for. Yeah. Um, so I'm seeing a lot of things that I don't recognize on here. Except for one that, you know, it's like every third question that I get is, do you guys have Ticket to Ride? And you have on here Ticket to Ride Legends of the West. Is that yeah. different? It's a Ticket to Ride Legacy game. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Yeah, and people were playing it. I never got I that's one of the games. There was some of the booths I couldn't get close enough to actually get a real good demo of the game and that was one of them. Uh, Ticket to Ride Legends of the West is a legacy game that you play over multiple rounds, just like every other legacy game, and it's a continuing, evolving storyline. I don't know a whole lot of details about it, other than I immediately sent a picture to uh, Alexis and said, please pre-order these now, and she did that. (laughs) So, but uh, yeah, there are boxes, things to open, things to unlock as you're playing the game. I don't have a lot of details other than I, I got a, I got close enough to get a picture of a box. All we really need to know is that it's Ticket to Ride Legacy because I can now tell so many people that that's coming and that's going to excite them so much. Yeah, I mean, Ticket to Ride was Game of the Year in, what, 2012? And people are still clamoring for it's, it. Because it's a good game. It's a great game. It's just a fun, simple kind of, it's kind of a beginner level game, but sometimes your brain needs something a little bit more casual, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, let's go from um, something else that's kind of casual. That I, if I'm if I'm looking at the art correctly, we've talked about it before on the podcast. And there was, I believe it was called Campfire, was the name of the game. And basically, you were supposed to stack these little campfire bricks together to make images. tinder blocks. Tinder blocks is what it was called. Yeah, yes. tinder blocks. And there's a sequel coming up. That's what I. We think sold I'm a ton of tinder blocks. Super casual, a little nine dollar yeah. game. Little travel tin that went with it, could stick it in the pocket, stick it in the bag, take it with you. We used to take it to when we did board games and beers all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's a stacking game with tweezers, and they're coming out with a sequel to it called Barbecue. And it's another stacking game where you have to stack everything uh, according to match the pictures. And you're stacking them, but now you've got the you've got the wood and the grill and the burger patties and the steaks and the fish and everything else that you're stacking along with it as well. 
I did get a chance to play a little bit of a demo on that one. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And it's again, it's now inflation happened a little bit. I think it's going to be a twelve ninety nine game or thirteen ninety nine or something oh, like that. Oh no. Yeah. It, it, but honestly, it looks like it is twice as much as what you got in the first game. Yeah. In, in my visual opinion. Like well, and now it's a it's a, it's a six player game too. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they have another game from the same company. Um, they're very Irish. I think I'm sure, I think they were Irish or maybe Scottish. I don't know. The brogue was pretty hard. I was having a hard time following what was going on in the conversation a little bit. And they have another version, uh, another game coming out at the same time called Kitten, K-I-T-T-I-N. And it is a speed stacking game with... Um, it's a speed stacking game of cats and you flip out a card and everybody's trying to stack their cats into the pattern of the card as fast as they possibly can. Again, super casual, super lightweight, but this is something, John, we sell so many cat games, man. I know. If it's got a cat on the cover, like here, kitty, kitty or cat lady or, or Isle of cats. Calico. Isle of cats. I, that's one I get asked about all the time as well. Or people the other day, just a woman said, yeah, uh, I'm trying to buy a birthday gift for my son. He and his wife love Isle, Island of Cats, I think. And I knew exactly what she was talking about. Uh, there was even, we'll get to this in the new hotness, there is a game on the new hotness that I feel like is trying to maybe eat the lunch of Isle of Cats. It's um, it's the same guys. It's, it is the same guys because it looks very similar. Cats in the Raft? Yes. Okay. Raft of Cats? Cats in the, what is that one? Cats in the Raft. We'll, we'll take a look at it here yeah. in just a few minutes. But um, it's it's the same company. Oh, it is. Okay. And there's it, another cat game on here too. Did you see Shut Shut Up Cat? No. Tell me about it. <laughs> tell me about it. This is a Kickstarter. I already backed it for the store. Uh, he was showing off his demo while he was there. Basically, the concept of the game is that it's the middle of the night. You're trying to get some sleep, and your cat is meowing and doing stupid stuff, and you're trying to throw pillows at the cat to get the cat to shut up. <laughs> and it's again, it's a super fun kind of lightweight party game of chucking things so it's like a dice assignment and rolling game of roll the dice assign where they're going to go to try to shut up the cats and stuff it looks super cute oh it does look very cute now that i'm looking at it so we're talking about a lot of the more lighter weight games uh what were some of the heavy stuff that you saw there because i'm i saw one that is already in our new hotness called tales from the red dragon inn yeah i know the red dragon inn is a long running series of games but this one looks very different so it's the prequel right red dragon inn the whole idea of red dragon inn is we have gone on our adventure we're done with the adventure. Now we're going to the inn and we're going to gamble at the inn. So we're gambling, we're drinking, and we're fighting at the inn. And you have an alcohol meter and a health meter. And should those two things ever meet, you pass out and you're out of the game. Or if you lose all your money, you can't afford to buy drinks and stay in the inn. So they kick you out of the inn and you're out of the game that way. So, so we had that game. We had... Um, so this Tales of the Red Dragon Inn is the adventure that the same characters go on before they go to the inn. So um, it's just kind of a prequel game. I don't have a lot more information other than that. It showed up here at the same time as it was arriving at Gen Con, and it looks pretty cool. I, I'm going to get it because I have every other Red Dragon Inn thing that's out there as well. I did see a giant mech on the front, and that's probably what gained my attention. There's also a rabbit attacking the giant mech, which makes me very happy in many different ways. Yeah. There was another game that I was checking out that was there, too, and I can I found the screenshot of it. Um, it has a... It almost has... It's like it's built on a Lazy Susan that it, we're going to try to bring this one in, too, because it's a small independent company. And I can't get the zoom in enough. Oh, no, I can't read it on my phone. It's too small. Which I'm one lying. does it look like? It's the one that's the round circle. Round it's, circle. Okay. Sorry, yeah. we're technical difficulties on this one. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, round circle. I'm not seeing any names on it, actually. No, it's a, there's a different picture with the circle only on the edge on the side, and then you can see the name on the box. Okay. Because right. it's another one that is um, It's just finishing its Kickstarter. Basically, it reminded me of um, Castles of Mad King Ludwig again, where you're putting pieces into rooms, but enter a little bit of the Tower of Terror. The rooms and the connecting paths between them, they're all on separate like Lazy Susans in, in concentric circles. 
and the rooms can move. And so your pathways to get from one room to another room can keep changing of how you have to get places. So you're running around inside of this haunted mansion. Weirdwood the, Manor? Would that yes. Be it? Yeah. Okay. There you go. Did you get it to zoom in that far? I have a computer. Oh, yeah. So I can, I'm on I can a phone. Get there. On a computer. Yeah, I can get there a little bit better. Yeah, that's 100%. Um, so we're going to try to bring that one in, too, because I was like, oh, this looks super cool with this idea that all the rings of the circle can zoom in and out and rotate around. and It's like um, Harry Potter, the rumor requirement. You got to it based on what your need was, right? It changed for everybody. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit like that where the pathways in and out keep changing as people keep doing things there's some things you can do to affect how the rooms move, and there's other things where the rooms just move automatically. Interesting. Yeah, so I thought that looked pretty solid. So I did see that you sent a picture of what looks to be an RPG table, uh, and it had a bunch of little miniatures on there and a lot of tents or anything like that. Was that just RPG stuff, or was that something specific? So that was just uh, I had a good time. Um, we've It's, it's Gooey Cube. Oh, okay. So okay. Um, new this year at Gen Con is a lot of the publishers rented their own rooms in the convention center so that they weren't in the same, they weren't necessarily all packed into the hall the way they have been in the past because the hall gets really loud. Mm-hmm. And so Gooey Cube was one of those ones that rented a room. Now, Gooey Cube, if you don't remember, is this single best campaign scenario setting yet I have ever seen for brand new DMs and DMs that are just super busy and don't have time. It is a box set where you have chapters and you buy you can buy chapter one, chapter two, chapter three of this in-depth storyline and they hand you everything. Here's a player's guide for what the players need to know. Here's the DM's guide for what's going on. Here are uh, NPC portraits, here are maps, here are scenarios for the scenery, here are item cards for the items the players might find. They literally wrap up everything that a DM is going to need and hand it to you in one with a tidy little bow on it almost. And so um, I took a picture of it because I was hanging out with them. One of the things that happened in, in one of the chapters for the, the game is you go to the, the carnival comes to, to town and they built this massive eight foot by eight foot carnival of with all the tents and the rides and everything that might happen in a medieval style carnival for the players to play the game that day. I just thought it was a super cool setup. Absolutely. It looks beautiful. It looks like it was a lot of fun. Uh, speaking of RPGs, I did see that you have a picture of a book here, The Little Game Master of Bards and Bullies. So uh, every once in a while, I pull in stuff that is for our youngest players um, things like the, the, the ABCs of D&D or the 123s of D&D where they're almost like kids picture books learning books um, we pull them in so that they have some idea of what's going on in the world as well right mm-hmm. I can tell you as an adult hey John this goblin's attacking you with a halberd do you know what a halberd looks like? Yeah, you might as an adult. Does a does an eight-year-old know what a halberd looks like? Yeah. Does an eight-year-old doesn't necessarily know what a goblin looks like, right? Yeah. So I like to bring in a lot of those picture books, and this was a new all new one that I saw that I wanted to bring in for Christmas time, where it is um yeah, it's like a little kid's D D campaigns and it's like Aww. a fun story, almost like a kid's not quite a graphic novel. But similar to a graphic novel. In that same vein and, and trying to make it a little bit more accessible. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, being more accessible for kids because all the times we have kids who want to play D&D Pathfinder stuff with their older siblings or their family members. But the complexity level, just they're not there yet. Yeah, and I thought it would be just a fun something that we could maybe bring in for and have around for Christmas time to help educate them and bring them up to speed. Absolutely. So let's go totally off the other side of the track when it comes to RPGs and look at Vast Grim. So, okay. Um, Vast Grim is a system that is being put out by Infinite Black. Um, Not Vanta Black. Something completely different and not copyrighted. Yes, 100%. (laughs) Uh, Infinite Black is... So Infinite Black, the company... 
one of the Kickstarters that we're bringing in was they made dice sets based on 8-bit video games, and the dice cases are 8-bit. Like, they, they look like old Nintendo cartridges. Ooh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. we ordered those, and we're bringing those in, and hopefully they're still going to ship before Christmas time. But then they turned their attention to RPGs, um, and Vast Grim is basically Morkborg for space. That's oh. really the easiest way to say it. It's the super stylized kind of short form RPG where we've got these fantastic visuals and um, the cool kind of storyline that towards so horror sci-fi a little bit, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and we've got tons of movies that we've done the horror sci-fi thing with over time. So some of them are kind of going towards some of the tropes that we've done in the past, but also some brand new kind of horror what's going on in the infinite of space. I got sucked into a rabbit hole with a targeted ad on Vastgrim a little while back, and the lore behind it was intriguing because basically the galaxy is dying. It's it's done. You aren't saving anything. You are trying to save yourself. So it's very much a uh, the world that you're getting dumped into is how can we scavenge? What can we do? And maybe, just maybe, if you hear the right legends there might be a way to escape to another universe. There might be hope, but it is so far away from what you can probably expect. The most that you can do right now is just try and limp along with everybody else in the universe. And everything else in the universe is now trying to kill you. That's part of the entropy that is that is occurring is these horrific monsters are coming out of nowhere and things are being changed by an unseen force. So it's very much more of a... Uh, not necessarily let's save the world. It's more of a let's try and survive this world until a better option comes up. No, and that's yeah. a very different mentality. Yeah. So I was super stoked. So we already have contact with them. And we're going to we're gonna bring in some of the Vaskrim books as well to add to our RPG section to give people some variety. N- normally, fantasy RPGs outsell sci-fi RPGs here four to one. Yeah doesn't mean we're never going to try to find what's the next cool sci-fi RPG. We're going to keep bringing them in. Um, and that's a, that's a, even that's a, even when we say non-D&D. Fantasy. So even modern stuff like City of Mist, Vampire, Werewolf, things along those lines, does that kind of fall in that same yeah. purview? Fantasy still dominates everything, right? Yeah. Um, but there's so many interesting things that are out there that are being made in RPGs. We're going to keep trying them, but there are people who who will buy the books just to read the books because they want to know how it works. There are people out there who love the settings of them. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who actually get the games to the table. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to keep trying to make sure that all those people have options out here at the store. Well, I hear this rumor that there's a Zack Snyder movie that's coming out that might have an RPG attached to it. And Keep hearing that rumor. Yeah. Keep, keep hearing I'm that rumor. It from time to time. Keep um, hearing about this movie. So uh, you did mention Sky Team, and like you wanted to mention it, and I can't think of a great segue to get back to there. Uh, space to Sky. Whatever. Talk to me about Sky Team. It was probably, so it was another one I never got a demo of because I couldn't get close enough to the table. That's how busy Sky Team was the entire time. It was, it was probably one of the games with the most buzz at Gen Con this year. I'd say Sky Team, Queens by Midnight, Lorcana. I mean, we, well, Lorcana was the most bus. After Lorcana, though, when we looked at the board games only, um, yeah, Sky Team, Queens by Midnight were probably, bam, bam, right at the top of the list there. And Sky Team is a two-player cooperative game where you're, quite frankly, trying to, you're the, the pilot, the co-pilot trying to bring the plane in for landing. And you have a ton of different scenarios you can set up with and events that you've got to deal with from randomly generated things with the cards in the system. It looks super cool. We got yeah. it on. We're bringing it in. We got it on order. I just, I wish I could have gotten, actually fought my way close enough to the table to get a demo on it. <laughs> You're a larger man. Like, you should have been able to put up a fight. So you're not getting there. That says something. Well, big guys, we always have to be worried about, you know, the trope of, oh, yeah, the big guy just smushed and knocked a little person out of the way. So That's fair. You don't want to abuse the privilege. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. And there's a, you know, it was a... Like I said, it was one of the big buzzes of the game, but the one that <laughs> I ended up on TV multiple times at Gen Con. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah. Well, I was, I, so I, I did my keynote speaker thing, 
and that was early in the morning of Wednesday, the first day. Congratulations, and then after by that, the way. I was, thank you, thank you. After that, I was kind of ready to just hang out and play games, right? Yeah. Buddies came with me. We were all going to hang out and, and just play games and, and find stuff and explore. And, um, Gen Con's always a good opportunity to visit Indianapolis and explore some of their tasty adult beverage options that they have there as well. When you are of age, and that's completely understandable to want to do. Yes. And uh, uh, one of the games I sat down, I did get a chance to demo that was probably my favorite thing I played at Gen Con this year is Spellbook. Spellbook is made by the same guys who made Splendor, which Splendor, I, and you know how I love Splendor. You do. Uh, Splendor is still in my top five favorite board games of all time. And uh, so I got a chance to sit down and learn how to play a spellbook. And apparently at some point there was interviews happening and I'm part of the B-roll for people who were sitting and playing spellbook. Fantastic. And they even used the thumbnail they used for the video <laughs> is me sitting at the table with like leaning on my rest, my, my head resting on my hands as I'm staring at my, my player tableau trying to figure out what my next move is going to be. So that's the clip. So people kept saying, like, why are you on the news? I'm like, I, I didn't know I was on the news. I'm a very important person, obviously. I also got a chance to play a cooperative game called Battlefield, Battle Station, where mm. you were on a, it's like, it's, it's kind of like an RPG, but not an RPG, but it's a minis tactics, but not a minis tactics, where you're basically the different uh, professional crew members of a space station or a starship and you get thrown different scenarios like one person's almost like the GM who's running the scenario at you and you have to work together cooperatively to turn the starship, to fire the starship, to fire the weapons, to launch the cannons, to do boarding actions against aliens if they're coming at you. And we were playing um, mega battlefields which somebody made massive pieces I was playing an elephant warrior, and my elephant guy was eight inches tall. So we're playing on this massive board across like five different um, folding tables. I didn't even see a camera, uh, but apparently I was on the news for playing that one too. Look at that. Just, just totally yeah. photogenic. Yeah. But Spellbook was super cool. I played. I ended up playing Spellbook four times because we went to the BGG Hot Games Room. Mm-hmm. And so we rented Spellbook so I could show my buddies that went with me. And so um, uh, Justin and Mark and I played it, and then we liked it enough after playing the starter level, they're like, well, what's it like if we play some of the more difficult levels? Because there's a starter, a, a medium, and then a harder complexity with the, the, the setups of the spells. There's more options and more complexity with your choices. It's very much an engine-building game using building up spell components and then using those to cast spells. Super Interesting. Cool. I enjoyed it a lot. So, uh, obviously, there's a lot of good games that came from Gen Con. Some of them happen to be on our new hotness already. So, let's go ahead and talk about them. So, Jamie, you're going to be looking through your phone. There's no photos. I didn't manage to get a photo of the new hotness. I've asked everybody. I've been texting the whole entire time we've been here trying to get this. But luckily, I worked a shift last uh, yesterday, so I know pretty much everything that's on there. And some of the things that popped out uh, immediately is... Tales of the Red Dragon Inn, uh-huh. which looked fantastic. Looks fantastic. Uh, definitely just talked about that. I did see that the Marvel RPG is finally out. It is. Have you, did you flip through it? I did, and it looked way more, I don't know, structured than I guess I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, I didn't get a look much at the playtest materials, but it very much looks much more like D&D instead of something like... Uh, the power by the apocalypse system that you might see in like City of Mist or something like that. Like there are identifiable powers; these powers are put into context, and then. But one thing that I absolutely loved about the book was they had an amazing amount of characters already built into the just starter book, and some obscure characters too. So not only the big ones like Captain America and things like that, but also Misty Knight was in there. Uh, Wong was in there. Obviously, the MCU influence of, of these characters has been big. So, yeah. I think it was. it's nice that they give you, uh, the, the Game Master, the option of these are the other characters that your player characters might be fighting, fighting alongside. Mm-hmm. You can play as those characters if yeah. you want to, but they encourage you to build your own superhero, create your own backstory for your superhero, 
And then, but then the game master has the option, and there's bad guys in there too. They they have all the player blocks and player stats, the bad guys as well. So if you want to mix them into your campaign for whatever's going on, maybe your the whole setting's New York City and the kingpins there, right? Yeah. Or whatever that might be, or the the scrolls, right? I did see a really cool super scroll miniature the other day. So, Ooh. Um, if nobody has ever heard the song, one of my f- favorite nerdy bands is called Ookla the Mock. O-O-K-L-A. Ukla the Mach was, of course, the name of Thundar the Barbarian's uh, sidekick. And they write nerdy songs, and they have a Super Scroll song um, that is hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Marvel, the Marvel, the first one's here, so that's yep. cool. Uh, another RPG that has released that is on the opposite end of the spectrum is... The Old Gods of Apo- Apo- ah, Appalachia. Thank you, yes. So that was one we actually had probably four months ago and it sold out so fast and we went to get more and like you know, it sold out everywhere. We couldn't get more. So it's a relatively popular podcast actually. Um, and it's a narrative telling the first few episodes are very much someone telling a story about a person, but I believe they get to be more dramatized as their budget somewhat raised. Um, but it is a dark, creepy environment and it is very much, I wouldn't say if you've watched the show justified, it kind of gives a little bit of that vibe of just, there's these interconnected people uh, in, in Appalachia and that there are things that you only understand if you are in that environment, if you're in that world. And it feels like a, a space within a space. And the podcast does a great job of making you feel like the creepy, eerie things that they're seeing are kind of just what they have to deal with. That's part of their life. And as I've also you, heard uh, people say that it also gives them feelings of Lovecraft Country. Yes, very much so. Um, just kind of that sense of otherworldliness is out there amongst you, whether you know it or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're looking for more of a creepy vibe, but Vampire seems a bit more, I don't know, maybe on the nose for what you're trying to do, this is a great way to incorporate some of that unseen horror that we see in some of the other Cthulhu games, but not necessarily having to use Cthulhu for it. Well, and speaking of segueing into Vampire, you were just talking about Werewolf the Apocalypse was a, a big release at Gen Con 2. Yes. So that adds Werewolf back into that Vampire New. World of Darkness scenario. Vampire 5th Edition has been very popular at the store. The Hunter's books came out. Very popular. Werewolf, they were going to release it two years ago and then something, they didn't like it. They said it didn't feel finished, so they just said screw it. They went back and redid a ton of stuff and revisited the whole thing. That was a massive release that we should be getting pretty soon as well. And with the success, hopefully we'll be able to get to some of their other series that have been really popular, such as Mage and Changeling and things along those lines within the World of Darkness. Yeah. I believe there is actually a Vampire the Masquerade board game up on the new hotness. I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure it's there. Um, This is great when we don't have the photos, right? There is one game that we both know about, though. We talked about it earlier, and that is Cats to the Raft. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Cats to the Raft is is, um, a really interesting game where it's a cooperative game. Again, they give you some puzzle scenario setup stuff. And there's cats that are different colored cats that so they like different types of terrain that they have to walk on. And you have these tiles that kind of, to me, feel reminiscent of um, King Domino tiles. Yeah. Two-sided squares, right? And you have to put them down in such a way to get as many cats successfully to the raft as you possibly can. So it's a really good kind of, I, th- I feel like it could be a good team building kind of thing of like, can we actually solve this puzzle together? So yeah. it looks pretty interesting. And it is Race to the Raft. Excuse me. Uh, it's not Cats to the Raft. That was my bad. I misspoke. Okay. It's Race to the Raft. But I, I will say it does not seem to be in the same universe as the Isle of Cats universe. Um, it's the first game they've made that's outside of that universe then. Yes, I believe so. Because from what I'm saying... If you didn't know, uh, there is a oh, – I'm going to forget the name of that that game now. The original game for Isle of Cats is actually taking place inside of another universe, one with a very dark overtone of this evil warlord has taken over the world and you are at a last bastion and you are one of the four let remaining heroes of the city that is trying to defend it. And uh, it, it's a very hard, complicated game. And then I, 
I played that. I loved it. I never was very good at it. Then one day, uh, I got Isle of Cats on the table, and I started reading through the book, and I was like, oh, this sounds really familiar. And I went back and checked it. And, uh, yeah, so those are some of the things that you can come and definitely check out. I think one more. Oh. Wandering Towers was a big one released at Gen Con 2, and oh. it's on as well. And you play wizard trainees who are moving around trying to – you've got to get to the Raven's Keep. And the easiest way to do that is fly your entire tower with you, and it becomes a tower stacking game where you're trying to remember what guys are hidden underneath um, because you can land your tower on top of another tower, and if there's wizards on there, it captures some of their magical energy, which converts into potions that you need for the final challenge in the Raven's Keep. So it's this really kind of interesting move the towers around and you're trying to remember which wizards are where and if you forget where your wizards are it's nobody else's fault but your own that you forgot so those are great games we hope that you'll be able to come in and check those out jamie is there anything big happening this week that might be able to call some people into the store to check these games Lorcana, Lorcana, Lorcana. So we're doing our last Learn to Play event for Lorcana today, but then starting next Sunday, we'll start um, Lorcana Casual League. Mm-hmm. And so those are going to happen every Sunday. We are prepping now for Wilds of Eldraine, which comes out the pre-release and it's in just a few weeks. It's the next Magic set. Um, Eldraine was a really popular setting where they basically incorporated King Arthur and every fairy tale you can imagine into a D&D, um, I'm sorry, into a Magic the Gathering plane. Um, and it was super popular when it came out a few years ago. So we're going back. And the, the cards that are coming out look hilarious and awesome. The artwork is amazing. So we're going back to Eldraine, um, I think at the end of the month. So like that's like that's like 10 days from now. Uh, so that's coming down the pike pretty fast at us, too. Uh, those are probably the big things, but, man, there's so much stuff coming up in end of September. Um, we're going to do Worldwide Day of Play in, with the town up in the town of Normal again in September. FlatCon's coming early October. Time to get your FlatCon tickets. You know, yep. we're a major sponsor of FlatCon every year. It's our local convention to Bloomington Normal. We usually get five to 600 people there, and that's the first weekend of October. Some of these bigger things are coming fast. And also, we are going to do a ribbon cutting for the new business. October 12th is a Thursday at 4.30 p.m. I know it's during the workday, but that's kind of when the Chamber of Commerce does them. If you can make it, we'd love to have you here for the ribbon cutting. Um, and if you can't, we get it, right? But we're yep. going we're gonna, to we're gonna have a party. So the last thing that we do now to close out the podcast is talk about some piece of one piece of media, whether it's a book or a movie or something like that you want to watch. I'll give you some time to think about it, Jamie. While I do uh, part two of a new series I've been doing, it's called The Simon R. Green Universe. It's this British author. He's amazing. He created the first universe of books that I ever read. And the first one I talked about last week was A Supernatural Private Eye. And I'm going to take you to Star Wars in his universe now because he has an amazing series called Deathstalker. And it is in the far-flung future. Uh, you have all of these amazing characters that, that literally are driven by all these different purposes. And it is space uh, Game of Thrones. Different families exist. They have different allies. There's rogue AIs. There's people that are psychics who are being mistreated. And then there's a rebellion against it. And a lot of things that you see within Deathstalker, you're going to possibly see within the book of the CD Private Eye with the supernatural abilities as well because it's all in one connected universe. So that's Simon R. Green Deathstalker series. Uh, that is my pitch for the next HBO big hit. I'm just throwing that out there right now. Okay. Jamie, what do you got? So I went retro, right? We've been on vacation and I, I, I got a Steam Deck and took some games with me to play that I haven't been able to touch on the PC for forever. You know what I've been playing? Tell me. Lego Hobbit. Really? Yes, and it is just such a silly little fun game. It's a you know it's a it's a it's like every other Lego game that you're out there, and if you've played them, you know that they make all these silly little insider jokes. And I've just been having like the greatest time with the Steam Deck, and just kind of I've been able to just kind of sit in bed and 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 have this little eight inch screen and playing Lego Hobbit. That's I can I hear the music in the back of my head right now. Yeah. Kelly a couple times when like my earbuds kicked out and I didn't realize <laughs> it and it was a sound from she's like, Are you doing something with the Hobbit? <laughs> so that's that's what I've been enjoying, Lego Hobbit and then 
this upcoming Wednesday. So good. Yes, it's I gonna be so must. good. I gotta get you on Baldur's Gate somehow too. Uh, everything in my newsfeed is about Baldur's Gate. I'm still playing Diablo 4, though. I I'm, understand. I'm, I'm still playing Diablo 4. I gotta, I gotta put some more time in Diablo. I'll we all, Baldur's Gate we all make mistakes in our life, Jamie, and you shouldn't be held <laughs> against yours. But with that, our episode comes to a close. I'd like to thank the staff members that joined me today, which is Jamie. And if you want your chance to talk about your tabletop with us, come and find us at Red Raccoon Games, located in downtown Bloomington, Illinois. Uh, I want to thank Jillian Mesner for the use of our theme music, and feel free to tell us how we're doing by leaving a comment on the podcast app of your choice. Come right to the source by emailing us at info at redraccoongames.com or join the Red Raccoon Discord, where we have a whole entire channel just for the podcast. Uh, we would love to hear from you, uh, hear your thoughts, and if you have any ideas for stories, let us know about them, and we'd love to talk about them on here. But until then, keep playing. Bye, guys. Bye.